Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I don't know about you, but man, these last couple of weeks, I have been so desiring of God's presence. I've been so hungry for it. And uh, it's, it's kind of what my message is about today, but do you think if we just create a moment right now just to host him? Do you think that's okay? So you can stand, you can sit, you can do whatever you want, but we're just going to create a moment just to really, because can I tell you there's such a massive difference between knowing that Jesus is always there and actually have him walk into the room? You know, in, in Acts, in Acts chapter 4, it says that it was like a second outpouring of the Holy Spirit's boldness. It's, sometimes we, we read it and it says the walls shook. But the Bible doesn't say that. It says the place shook. That means the, the fibers in the air shook. Everything shook. And I don't know if you've ever been in a room where you felt the air just split open and the King of Glory walks in. But something shifts in that moment. And oh man, I don't know if you've met people, certain people, and they just seem to carry something completely different. They look different, they talk different, they feel different. This season that we're walking into, we need to be people of presence. We need to be presence people. We need to be people of His Word, presence people. So I want you to just close your eyes with me. Jesus, we honor you. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Come and have your way in this place, Lord Jesus. Come on, open your mouth, church. Invite him in. He rides in on our praises. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. There's no higher ministry than to worship Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Oh, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Oh, Lord, you are more costly than gold Lord you are more beautiful than diamonds and nothing desire compares to you come on we're going to sing that again Oh, Lord, you are more precious than silver. Oh, Lord, you are more costly than gold. Lord, you are 
Spirit, right here, right now, just there quietly. Jesus, you're invited. Something shifting in the atmosphere. Here comes the King of Glory. Oh, I feel you, Lord. I feel you, Lord. I feel you, Lord. I feel you, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, I feel your presence right here, right now. God, be glorified in this place. One thing is needed. It's you. It's you. One thing is needed. It's you. It's you. Thank you, Jesus. I just feel right now, I don't know if there's people here and you struggle with constant migraines to the point where you carry medication for them like on your on your person you can sit down if you want i'm not very good at this so yeah just do whatever yeah i don't know if there's someone here and you carry medication for constant migraines and, and it's on you at all times but i really felt in that moment there was a crown upon your head and Jesus came and lifted the crown off your head. So if that's you, receive that in Jesus' name. Receive that. I don't know if there's other people and, um, and you've been having trouble with your thyroid, whether it's uh, uh, fluctuating, you, have, you struggle with temperatures, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, I just really feel that. Receive that healing right now. God's in this place. 
God's in this place. Another thing I felt, I don't know if people have uh, asthma attacks. You have when you get stressed or overwhelmed, you have like asthma, you struggle to breathe, you feel like your airways are closing off. I declare healing over asthma. That devil can't stay anymore. It has to leave in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. More than anything in this time, we are called to host the presence of God. We are called to host Him. We are called to become presence people. People defined by the presence of God. You say, Matt, well, that's cool, that's good for you, but I want to be more of a word guy. Why don't we just read the word from the presence? I think that's probably where we should start. Because I don't know about you, but the, the Bible is the only book in the world that did, it actually requires the author to be present when you read it. We're called to be present people. What does that mean, Matt? What does it mean to host Jesus? What does it mean to carry him? Like I said, I don't know. I know people in my life, certain people, and it's just like glory rests on them 24-7. Like I said, you've met these people. Can we just bring the game down on this a little bit, please, Sam? You, you, you see them and like their eyes look different. They kind of got that bit of a crazy glint in their eye, you know. I think we need that again. Come on, somebody. We need some, some completely fearless Christians in this time. There's certain people I know that, you know, I may have just, you know, come out of the best prayer meeting of my life and I meet them and I feel like I've never even met God after meeting them. Like, it's a whole nother level. They know scriptures. I didn't even know were in the Bible. Like, you know what I mean? It's crazy. There's just, they carry something different. We are called to so much more than living saved, coming to church on a Sunday for a half an hour service, getting our religious fix, and then waiting until next Sunday before we get an ounce, we give Jesus an ounce of our attention. We're called to so much more. We're actually called to carry His presence. We are Christians are actually called to live at the highest plane of existence. We're called to host the King of glory. We are to become presence people. Today, I believe that there's going to be a mighty breakthrough in the Spirit over people's lives. A desire to have the presence of God abide with you will be birthed. I believe there are, we're going to see some miraculous things today. Bodies are going to be healed. We're going to be, uh, people are going to be delivered from tormenting spirits. Bondages will be broken and grave clothes will be loosed in Jesus' name. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look mighty fine today. Why don't you come to my house for lunch? Now, 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 turn to the other neighbor that you didn't choose and say, neighbor, 
My goodness. You turned up today. You can also come to my house for lunch. Now, I want you to tell your neighbor the title of my sermon today. Are you ready? Say, Matt's sermon title today is Grave Clothes and Dinner Tables. Grave Clothes and Dinner Tables. If it doesn't get any more abstract than that, I don't know what, today could be crazy. So why don't you open your scriptures, open your Bibles with me. If you've got paper Bibles, awesome. If you've got anything other that isn't a paper Bible, that's great too. But open it up to Luke chapter 10, starting at verse 38. Here, in my opinion, we find the pinnacle of what hosting Jesus looks like. We find two people, two women that invite Jesus into their home to host him. And the scripture reads this. Now it happens as they, as, as they went, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him, speaking of Jesus, into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Come on, Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Someone say that with me. One thing is needed. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. But one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Father, you're so good. I thank you that you're here. Lord God, breathe upon this word, Lord Jesus, like you breathed it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. See, the first time we hear about Martha and Mary, the scriptures read, Jesus went to a certain village, and then there was a certain woman I don't know if you've ever described someone to someone else before, but I've never said, oh, Rachel, there was this certain person I ran into, and da-da-da-da-da. Like, I've never said that before. But something about Jesus' encounter with Martha and Mary made Luke account in the Scriptures that there was a certain town and a certain woman. There was something about their countenance that affected the area that they were in that caused Luke to account that there was a certain town. And that was a certain woman. 
It's because they were hosting Jesus. They had already made up in their mind before Jesus had already even entered into the town that they were going to host him. They were going to host him. This is the first time, the first time that we see that our scriptures record Jesus saying that one thing is needed and Mary was doing it. One thing was needed and it was being played out in real time right before Jesus. Now I want to take us to another bit of scripture which accounts the very next time Martha and Mary were mentioned. And this is in John 10. Sorry, 11. John 11. So if you want to turn your scriptures there with me. And in John 11, it's funny because, again, this is the very next time scripture mentions Martha and Mary, but we're added in a third person. We get Lazarus gets entered into the, into the story. And it starts with this, right? So John chapter 11 says this. Now a certain man, hang on, different writers, different books, different story. And yet it's a certain man. But, but the thing is, we don't hear about Lazarus in Luke 10. Does this mean that Martha and Mary may have hosted Jesus a number of times? Maybe, maybe, maybe Jesus passing through Bethany, a certain town, was a regular thing for him. And each time they passed through, maybe they were like, Jesus is coming. Let's host him. Oh, Lazarus, you must come and host Jesus with us. Because again, like we saw with Mary and Martha, the scriptures start with now a certain, a certain woman. A certain town, a certain man. So we won't. I, I want to really give this scripture to you, and I don't know. We might read it all. We might not read it all. But here we go. Ready? Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. Isn't it funny that John says Mary and Martha when Luke said Martha and Mary? Did you know that John, out of any of the disciples, had the most close relationship with Jesus? So he saw things differently than the other disciples saw. Oh no, this is a side note. That's for free. <laughs> so it was Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrance of oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sister sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, him whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, and uh, when he heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of Man will be glorified through it. Verse 5 Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. What the heck, Jesus? Honestly, mate. You're not even that far away. Why would he have made this decision? We're going to get to that, okay? But take a mental note. 
Verse 7, Then after this, he said to his disciples, Let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews have sought to stone you. You, um, Are you going to go there again? Verse 9, Jesus answered, There are... Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the, in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Verse 11. These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. Now for time, I'm just going to skip to verse 17. Okay, so 17. So then Jesus came and he found that he had already been, this is Lazarus, in the tomb for four days. Someone say four days. I think you can do better than that. Someone say four days. Verse 18. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard, someone say heard, that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Martha was sitting in the house. Verse 21. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Mary was in the house, sorry. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know Jesus. I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. But Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Who who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And those um, and whoever's life lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard, um, this is Mary, she arose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not come. Come, not yet come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews uh, who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then, um, then when Mary came to Jesus, where Jesus was, and saw him, she fell down. At his feet, saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said, Lord, come and see. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. Verse 36, and then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus again groaned in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and the stone was laid against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who, had died, who was dead, said to him, 
Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead for days. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? When they took away the stone, is this okay reading all this scripture? Are you guys all right? Okay, that's good because I was going to read it anyways. When they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you hear me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by me, I said this, that they may know that you sent me. Now when, the, when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, ready, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with cloth. And Jesus said, listen, ready for this? Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Grave clothes and dinner tables. When I read this while waiting on the Lord, it literally felt like God slapped me. I was sitting there waiting on the Lord for the word for, for today. And I was just praying the spirit and I was reading over these scriptures. In all honesty, I had two other messages that I was working on. And I just happened to be reading through this. And when I read, loose him and let him go, it was like. <laughs> and my attention was grabbed. See, there's something about that phrase, loose him and let him go, that just like gripped me in that moment. It gripped me. And if you look at other translations, it can, can, can clearly be stated that Jesus was speaking to the people around him to unwrap Lazarus, yeah? But in this translation, in the New King James, Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. The previous sentence, he was the, the subject was the clothes, not the people. Maybe Jesus was speaking to the clothes. Matt, what does that mean? What does that mean, Matt? I don't know if you've noticed, but throughout the whole scripture I've just read, the only two people that referred to Lazarus by name was Martha and Jesus. Everyone else identified him as a dead man. In religious, in their Jewish custom, they would wrap them because... They believed that once they died, their spirit and their soul had left. That body that was there no, was, was no longer the person. It was just a dead man. And when we read the scriptures, it says that the... Ready for this? And he who had died. It didn't say Lazarus. Only Jesus called for Lazarus. But even John the disciple records that the dead body walked out of the grave. Not Lazarus. Because just the body wrapped up to everyone else identified him as a dead man. Maybe Jesus was speaking to the anything attached, any identification attached to Lazarus. Loose him and let him go. 
I loose the identity of who you were before in the grave, the stench that was attached to you, loose him and let him go. Maybe, maybe it was the bondage of the grave clothes. Because we read in the, in the scriptures, we read in the scripture that he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. Maybe Jesus was speaking to the bondage that, Jesus, that Lazarus was still experiencing. Maybe Lazarus got up, but he, was, he experienced revel, resurrection. But maybe he was yet to encounter the life of freedom that Jesus talked about to Martha. See, he said, Martha, I am resurrection. But not only that, I am life. I don't know if you account in the scriptures when Jesus said, I have come to bring life and life abundance. This Christian life of hosting Jesus is a life free of bondage. So if you came here today bound hand and foot and you can't see Jesus, you're unable to see His image, you have trouble experiencing the presence, I say to those grave clothes, loose Him and let Him go. Let them go. Why? The question was why. Do you remember the question that that Mary and Martha both had for Jesus? If you had been here, it's been four days, Jesus. It's been four days. You, you, You said that you're the healer, you can heal. He was sick, he needed healing. If you had been here, it wouldn't have had to have come to this. But remember in the start of the scripture, Jesus says, because he loved He waited two more days. That is such a strange sentence, isn't it? Because Jesus loved Lazarus, he let Lazarus die. Come on, Jesus. He's sneaky like that. Sneaky Jesus. That's a mess. I'm joking. Um, But what if Jesus knew that the grave clothes had to be exposed? What if there was something that Jesus wanted to unlock for those people standing around? Because remember in his prayer to the Father, he says, I know that you hear me, you always hear me, but I do this that they would know that you sent me. Maybe there was some grave clothes in their thinking that had to be exposed. Maybe they knew that he could heal the blind eye, but maybe they didn't know that nothing was impossible for Jesus. Maybe there was some grave clothes, some perspective shift. Maybe there was something in their stinking thinking that had to be exposed. Maybe the grave clothes had to be exposed. They had to be exposed. Maybe Jesus was exposing the lack of faith in those around him. Maybe... Because of Martha and Mary hosting Jesus, hosting the presence of God, allowing him to sit in the place, shaping the atmosphere of the house, shaping the atmosphere of Bethany, so much so that when we read in Luke 10, it says a certain town, 
Maybe because they hosted him, the grave clothes were exposed. Can I tell you, when you host Jesus, stuff starts to fall off. It's awfully quiet in here. Did I enter the Presbyterian church up the road? What happened? No, sorry. I love them. They love Jesus too. It's totally fine. But maybe, maybe the grave clothes had to be exposed. I don't know if there's people here today because I was one of these people. I came to church every Sunday. I grew up in church. I'm a PK. Actually, I slept on the church floor in a swag for 10 years every single Saturday night. I know what church looks like. I know how they run most of the time. I, I know the worship songs. There's not very often I come in and there's a worship song that surprises me that I haven't heard. But I was bound in grave clothes and I had a cloth over my eyes and I had never experienced the glory of God until I started to host him in my life and the grave clothes come off and I started to live in not just resurrection life of salvation but abundant life. The grave clothes were exposed. See, twofold miracles happen when we host Jesus. Twofold miracles. I'm wrapping up very shortly. Resurrection and abundant life. Dinner tables. Speak of hosting Jesus. See, in John 12, the next chapter, it starts like this. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was. And um, he who had been dead, right? Um, whom he, Jesus, had raised from the dead. Verse 2. There they made him supper. Mar- Martha served. Ready? But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table. This is the first time the scriptures account Lazarus hosting Jesus. Maybe, maybe in the beginning of verse 11, it's chapter 11, it says a certain man, Lazarus, because Jesus knew that Lazarus was going to be set free and was going to host him. Lazarus was at the table. If, um, if the band want to come up, that'd be awesome. There they made him supper and Martha served but Lazarus was one of those at the table hosting Jesus are you ready is about proximity and intimacy I can tell during worship which people host Jesus and which don't because you respond you respond differently when he walks in the room I watch my team when they worship God and when I feel the presence come in, I watch how they respond. Watching you. No. (laughs) But I I can tell which ones host him during the week. Because you respond different when you're in constant proximity 
and constant intimacy with Jesus. See, we must move away from cool, calm, and cozy Christianity and become presence people. Presence people. Certain people. There was a certain man. I hope that people, after coming in contact with you, go away and say to their friends, say to their family, say to their partners, I met a certain man or a certain woman and there was something about the atmosphere around them. It shifted my heart and I started to see different and the bondage started to come off. Proximity. And intimacy. See, there's something about the there's something about the, the grave clothes, and Jesus intended it this way. He came out, he was still bound, hands and foot. And see, when you're bound, proximity is hard. And intimacy is hard when your face is covered and you can't see Jesus. But in Luke 24, <laughs> in Luke 24. After Jesus had rose from the grave, Peter and John run to the tomb. Peter runs in and he sees that the the linen cloth, the grave clothes were there. And the cloth that covered Jesus' face was folded. It was folded and Jesus was gone. It was folded because Jesus wasn't coming back. He was done with it. He's done. I'm not coming back. And the next portion of Scripture, Jesus pops up with two disciples that are walking to Aramaeus. And they're walking and and Jesus says, why are you so downcast? Why are you depressed? Why are you having conversations of sadness about what's going on? And they tell Him. And then it says that Jesus started with Moses, started to reveal the Scriptures to them. And then when they get to Aramaeus, it says that Jesus looked like He was intending to continue to move forward. But the disciples said, Jesus, it's late. Come and stay with us. Come and stay with us. Let us host you. And it says that Jesus sat down at the table. And He took the bread and He broke it. And He handed it to them. And their eyes were opened to see Him. Jesus had already put away the cloth that would cover people's faces. And then they could see Him. I'd like you to stand with me today. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.basarchristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Basar Christian Church.